This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We are excited to be here because we've got a pretty good one. Bengals, Chiefs with a chance, uh, I'm sorry, Bengals, Bills with a chance to get to next weekend in the AFC Championship game to play the Chiefs. Then tonight we've got Cowboys Niners opportunity to play the Eagles who are awaiting. But we, of course, will delve deeply into what transpired last night between the Giants and the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field because what a disaster that was. 800-919-3776. I am at Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up. 800-919-3776. We are going until 5.30 today because at that time you'll get coverage of Knicks-Raptors. Knicks looking to end a three-game losing streak, taking on a, a Toronto team that they've played, what, twice already in the last 17 days. This will be the, the third time they play them in that span. So Knicks-Raptors tonight, Nets-Warriors tonight. But, of course, we have to start with what transpired last night in Philadelphia between the Eagles and the Giants because I'm wondering if you're a Giants fan right now how are you feeling about what happened does it spoil the season for you and maybe not holistically because you you are in every case moving toward a a brighter future you feel like you have the head coach you feel like you have the GM in place and the quarterback but does it leave a sour taste in your mouth watching what happened and what unfolded last night? Because it was just that devastating to see a team that you expected to at least be competitive against just trounce you the way that they did. Because that was awful. And in every way, shape, and form. So, uh, look, all, all week long, all we heard, e- even if you were picking the Eagles to win the game, there were folks legitimately giving the Giants a shot, an opportunity. So where where did everyone go wrong in this analysis? Because right before the kickoff yesterday, I tweeted out, I, I tied the butler. I don't see a path to victory for the Giants. And that's not being me being a hater because I'm a Jet fan. I, I'm just looking at an Eagles team that went 14-3 and throughout the regular season. They were the number three scoring offense. You see how elite they are defensively. Uh, There was a reason why, while the Giants were in the midst of beating the Vikings last weekend, the Eagles were sitting at home. They were one of two teams in the entire sport to earn a first-round bye. So all of the evidence pointed to, yeah, the Eagles are just significantly better than the Giants because we saw it all season long. And even in the two matchups during the regular season, where the first one, they blew out the Giants. And then the second one, I get the third stringers were playing for New York, but the Eagles still won that game. So that's now three straight victories for Philly over this Giants team. And I'm wondering, like, where, why did we have, and, and by we, I mean the people who were you know, feeling like the Giants could win that game. Where, where did you go wrong in, 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 th- in thinking about that? Because last night, I mean, it was over after the first quarter. It was over after the first quarter. And, and, and look, everything in sports becomes super reactionary. And that is, for better or for worse, uh, we live in this prisoner of the moment society where, you know, the feelings are, are going to be dominating the conversation in the immediate aftermath, especially after big playoff games. So I just wonder, do you come out feeling like that was the worst case scenario for the Giants? Like obviously getting there, you know, throughout the season, no one, no before the season, no one picked the Giants to make any type of noise. You just wanted to see them 
play relevant football late, if that. And not only did they do that, they clinched a playoff berth with one week left to go in the regular season. So now you're sitting week 18 with nothing to play for and getting ready for a very, very winnable game against the Vikings, who you beat. And now you're in round two where no one expected. It was your first playoff win in 11 years. So, again, overall, you still have to feel great about what the season was. I just wonder if last night kind of soured it just a little bit just because of what happened and who it happened against. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth knowing that that Eagles team that you despise tied their largest win in playoff franchise history with that dominant win over you yesterday, 38-7 to in Philly. And it was total domination on their part. The Giants haven't beaten them in the playoffs since 2000. So clearly, like, with with a division rival, a team that, just, I mean, look, let's let's keep it a buck. As of late, has owned you going into that game, feeling like you can beat them, and just after a quarter, you're like, yeah, we're we're drawing dead. We have no shot. And now you could be watching an Eagles team get their second championship in five years. So they'll they'll wait to see who they play. Uh, the winner of this game between the Cowboys and the Niners, and they'll host that one in, in Philly next weekend. But imagine being a Giants fan right now after that game, watching this Eagles team in pursuit of their second championship in five years. And oh, by the way, if you thought last night was bad, you better be rooting for the Niners tonight because if you've got to tune in to an NFC title game next weekend, that's Cowboys-Eagles. Oh, good luck. Good luck. So 800-919-3776. And also, so so about the Giants, we got into about, you know, how, how you feel whether or not this soured it a little bit for you. But the Daniel Jones conversation, I think, becomes fascinating. Look, he, it, it, it was the worst game he's played all season. He was not good in any aspect. And it felt a little bit like it was more to do about the offensive line than it was a Daniel Jones because that Philly defensive front was just all over him. I believe I saw the number was 64% of his dropbacks uh, he was pressured on. And you were really giving him no shot. And look, the Daniel Jones, uh, the ghost of Daniel Jones pass showed up with that bad interception. He also fumbled, even though the Giants were able to recover it. And then that, on that late drive in the fourth quarter, he threw two balls that could have been interception. So he clearly wasn't the best version of himself last night. But like I said, everything in sports is reactionary. So now that you come out of this game feeling a little bit differently about him. And we'll hear from, from Daniel and what he had to say after the game about his future with the Giants. But, uh, you know, say what you want about what he's worth. The market is going to be the ultimate decision maker, and it looks like he's going to be getting somewhere around $40 million. So do you come out of that game feeling like, yeah, this is a guy who I want to commit big-time, long-term money to uh, just because of one season where he was really good, but the, the final game he plays, it, it was the worst game he's played all year. So I struggle with how much stock we put into last night because it's always going to be like in our face because it's the last thing that we saw. But another aspect to it is that Eagles team, like regardless of what happens next weekend against either the Cowboys or the Eagles, uh, our Cowboys or the Niners, or if they get to the Super Bowl and lose to, you know, Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills, regardless of what happens going forward for the Eagles, that team ain't going anywhere. And last night, it didn't look like you were anywhere close to, to being you know, on that level. 
So that has to factor into the conversation about how optimistic you are about this team going forward because you're not just measured up against what you were this year and what the results were this year at 9-7-1. and Going forward, that Eagles team, they ain't going anywhere. Jalen Hurts is a young quarterback, and in his first year where he blossomed to this level, we saw him become an MVP candidate. And if not for the injury, I think Mahomes is going to end up winning the award. But if Hurts doesn't get hurt, then he's probably the MVP of the league. So now you have that to deal with in your own division. So I think last night we can't go too nuts about it just because it shouldn't completely sour and spoil what we saw this year because, again, you exceeded expectations by a mile. And you found your head coach in Brian Dable who is going to be the coach of the year. And you feel like, you know, better late than never, you got it right with the quarterback. And Saquon was excellent. And Wink Martindale deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do with that defensive unit. And yes, there are still a lot of holes on this roster, but you just, for the first time in years, feel great about the trajectory of this team because you trust leadership. You trust that you have adults in that room working in concert who know what they are doing. So that is the big picture but in the immediate aftermath of a 38-7 to playoff exit, a game that you thought you realistically could win, I'm just wondering what the vibes are like today. So we'll get to that at 800-919-3776 at Ty D. Butler on Twitter. We are going until 5.30. Lines are jammed right now, and I'm loving it. It is a football Sunday. We've got Bengals, Bills getting started at 3 o'clock chance to get to the AFC title game. We've got Niners-Cowboys. That's later on tonight. Chance to get to the NFC title game. So a whole lot to do. Knicks coming up at 5.30. Nets are in action as well. But we will dominate the conversation with football today right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. ESPNNewYork.com. I'm at Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776. We are reacting to what was just a, an embarrassing performance by the Giants last night, 38-7. to And, I mean, let's be fair. If, if you were someone who all week long predicted that the Giants were going to be competitive, even in a loss, or, you know, went as far as to say they would win the game, then yes, you would agree with me that 38-7 to is an embarrassment, and it's, and it's pathetic. Now, uh, Vegas had it at 7.5, so they were telling you that, yes, Philly's significantly better, but I don't think anyone expected that to be the case. What we saw last night, the Giants, to, to look completely inept, 28 to nothing at halftime, they score one meaningless touchdown on a Matt Breida handoff from Saquon Barkley, and that was their offense all game. You know, first two possessions. Uh, let me hit on this really quick before I get to the phone calls. Brian Dable has been excellent, and I have rightfully praised him all season long, along with everyone else. He's probably going to win the coach of the year. He's been tremendous. And the type of, you know, people talk about culture. Culture is winning. Like The attitude and the run-around speeches, sure. It enhances it, but we care about wins and losses. And in his first season here, 9-7-1 got them to the playoffs. That's culture. That is a culture changer. And the attitude he brings, the energy, in addition to the winning, helps it. But it's all about what he was able to do on the football field, getting this team to the playoffs. Uh, with all of that being said, I, I thought it was a horrifying decision last night where on the Giants' first possession of the game, 
It's on the Philly 40, fourth and eight, and Dable's going for it. And I am a guy who is pro being aggressive. I, I, I hate when people spit in the face of coaches being aggressive just because they want to have their you know soapbox moment about how to kill analytics. I, I, I'm pro being, being aggressive because this league is about scoring points. You're not going to win kicking field goals or punting for the most part. So in situations where it makes sense, I, I'm all for being aggressive. Last night at that moment was not the time to do that. As evidenced by everything that happened after that, told you it was the wrong decision because the Giants at no point following that failed conversion on fourth and eight looked anything close like the anything close to the team they were all season long it deflated them the Eagles had all the momentum and, and they never gave it away fourth and eight on the Philly 40 eight yard. I mean fourth and four I can live with fourth and five mate fourth and eight punt it away and trust your defense your defense has played well all season long trust your defense and I get Philly marched down the field on its opening drive, converting third down after third down, even the one-handed grab by Goddard that got them into the end zone. So you feel that, immediately you feel like, okay, this could be slipping away. This team is rolling. They're at home. They're playing well. So we've got to have something happen. I think Dable might have panicked in that situation. And he was telling you that, yeah, we might be drawing dead to win this game. So we've got to get a little funky here. But at four, oh, fourth and eight, my G, punt the ball away. Trust your defense that that was an awful decision. And, and for him to do that, to, to go for it on fourth and eight in the first quarter on your first drive, and then on fourth down in the fourth quarter when you're down three scores, punt, made no sense to me. How are you punting down three scores in the fourth quarter? And look, it feels in some ways wrong ripping him because he's been, he's been tremendous this season. But last night was not his finest moment. He's better. He's a better coach than he was last night, and like it's the playoffs against a much better team, a team that probably could win the Super Bowl. So uh, I can't destroy him too much for it. But just in the moment, I was so frustrated because that was a terrible decision. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Eddie in Brooklyn kicks it off for us this afternoon. What's up, Eddie? What's up, man? How you doing? Listen, I was watching the game, and it's like. When he did that, when he went for that fourth down, when he went for that fourth and eight, and they, and Philly had just scored, I was like, yo, he just lost the whole game because yeah. they went right back and scored. So after they that, did. I knew after that play, I knew that game. After they scored that on um, the the second touchdown, I was like, this game is over, man. He just messed up the whole game for the whole team. I don't know. It's like they they they, they you know, like I gave the Giants a chance to win because if I if they would have came out to play how I expect them to play, I believe they had a chance. But they came out and played like the worst game for the season when they needed to play their best game for the seasons. And part yeah. of it is, like, the coaches got to take some blame because you can't be doing that. And and honestly, that might have cost some part of coaching of the year because now, remember, Philly coach could get coach of the year too now. What's the playoffs? It's a regular season award, remember. It's a regular season award. The playoffs um, has no bearing on, like, the voting from the regular season. But I do think Sirianni yeah. deserves tremendous credit for what he did this year. And I think that maybe had they gone undefeated or – what would that be, 16-1? and one? Maybe he's got a real shot at it. But because of how how great Dable was uh, in comparison what, to what we were expecting the Giants to be, I, I think Dable's got it over him. But it, it's a close race, in my opinion. Continue. And, and you still there? Yeah, continue. Go ahead. Oh, and then, you know, like, I can't really – we can't really be down on Dan, Dan, Daniel Jones having a bad game because – 
he wasn't getting no protection, man. It was like he was running for his life most of the time. You know, I never seen a, a quarterback in the NFL succeed if he didn't have a lunch. You show me a quarterback that succeeded without even like a half a decent lunch, then then I'll say, okay, you proved me wrong. But I'm not going to be down on Daniel Jones for not having a great game because the situation that he was putting into and then being that he had to start playing from behind anyway, like once they got down from 14 points. And I'm not, you know, I didn't. I'm going to see what he do next year before I even say, oh, you know, this guy got to go or whatever, because he, he's getting better and better. That's he has. On he has, and I appreciate the call, Eddie. I, I, I think, if I'm being fair, uh, last night's struggles offensively, the Richie James uh, dropped pass. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered because the Giants were, what were they, already down 24 at that point, so it cut it to a 17-point game. But he had a, a wide-open touchdown that he just dropped. So there were some some balls that were missed last night. The um, Isaiah Hodgins that could have been first down, but then he bobbles it, so he lost uh, the line. The, he lost the yards that he gained because he would have gotten the first down on forward progress, but then bobbled it. It was a great play by uh, the defensive back for for the Eagles uh, last night. To me, the ineptitude on offense was more about how great defensively the Eagles were than it was about Daniel Jones. But, like, to come out, they're all, the only reason why we're having a conversation about Daniel Jones getting paid $40 million a year was because of what we had seen just this season. Nothing in the last three years suggested this guy was going to get a second contract with the Giants. Then he was pretty good this year, cut his turnovers down, stayed on the field, he was healthy. And played really well. And look, you're the starting quarterback of a team that won a playoff game. So you deserve immense credit for that. Uh, but the only thing is that if you're someone who still had reservations about Daniel Jones, last night is not going to to help ease that. But again, I, I think it was more about what Philly was able to do defensively than it was about Daniel Jones not rising to the occasion. Because if he wasn't good last night. And that, to me, the shock, the, the most glaring thing was for Jones last week, what do you go? Seven seventy-eight yards on seventeen carries against the Vikings, and and last night zero rushing yards in the first quarter. Finished with just twenty-four overall on the game. So even when he was pressured this year, he was able to use his legs to escape the pocket and get out there and make plays with his legs. Daniel Jones was one of the best at running for first downs, picking up you know those critical yards when escaping the pocket. Uh, of all the quarterbacks in football, he was among the best at doing that. And last night, that was just non-existent. So the, the, the Philadelphia defense deserves a ton of credit for that. I don't want to sit here and take away from what Daniel Jones did all season long. But, I mean, inarguably, that was the worst game he's played all year. Inarguably. Gary and Tom's River wants to talk. What's up, Gary? Hey, how you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, what's, what's up? The, talk to me. Uh, I, I've been a Giant fan for well over 50 years, and uh, uh, I am on watched them last night, and they were really just manhandled. I mean, physically manhandled. And uh, your your screener is a lot more optimistic than I am. He's, he told me, he says, well, I think just they need is a, a linebacker and a wide receiver, and I think they need more than that. And I also told him, I said, you know, uh, Philadelphia also has two first-round draft choices coming up this year. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. So um, as much as the Giants uh, will improve, I'm sure they will, uh, they, they've got a big nut to crack because they still have Philadelphia, and they're not going anyplace. They are just – they're huge. They're, they're, uh, they're just massive guys, and they're very physical, both sides of the line. 
So, yeah. I, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think they've got a big nut to crack. I hope they do it. Like I said, I've been a Giant fan for well over 50 years, so uh, I like to see them do it. But um, anyway, that, that's that's pretty much it. But Appreciate uh, the call, I Gary. I, I really appreciate the call. And, and that's why, to me, it is so interesting how we structure the conversation about you know, optimism going forward and what the future looks like for the Giants because what we're all looking at is, okay, Daniel Jones comes back, Saquon Barkley comes back, get them some more weapons. That should allow them to be a a more elite team offensively. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to result in more wins per se because that's not always how it translates. Like you can become a more talented team in the offseason and it not necessarily mean that you win more games just because everyone else can also get better. And to the point that you just made about the Eagles, I mean, this is a juggernaut. With with Jalen Hurts being as young as he is, you know, having his coming out party this season and, and last night answered the questions. He said he's not anywhere close to being 100%, but he looked pretty damn good last night. Throwing the football, didn't run as much in that Week 18 game against the Giants because they were, you know, obviously protecting him. But what do you have, six designed runs last night in the first half? Looked pretty good. And on that first drive, uh, the Eagles, I, I was very curious about so so Jalen Hurts gets outside of the pocket runs and just you know dives down into the ground just surrenders and I'm thinking is this injury related or is this him being smart protecting himself like what is this going to mean going forward into this game because if you if you lose his ability to run and be effective as he as he was all season that's going to completely change the tenor of the offense but he looked pretty good last night he looked pretty good. They were they were conservative on that first drive. Let him throw the ball a little bit, and then on that second drive, opened it up for him. And he, they they just couldn't stop Jalen Hurts. Couldn't stop the rushing attack, and the the Eagles just ran all over him. That and that was gut wrenching too. Like the Eagles got everything they wanted on the ground, with little to no resistance. Little to no resistance. So it was a, a very deflating loss, and it, not just the Eagles, because look, we got a Cowboys team that we're going to watch tonight. And let's say they beat the Niners. And, and the Niners, we know, probably the best team in football right now, if not the second best, only behind the Eagles. But with how that Niners team is playing, if somehow, some way, Dak and the Cowboys go on the road and beat San Francisco, and we're watching Cowboys-Eagles next week, I mean, that just tells you how tough this division is because these are two teams you're still going to have to overcome. Bring in new weapons, bring in you know linebackers, improve your offensive line. It all starts at quarterback play. And if Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott right now are better than Daniel Jones, is there something that we're going to see next year that can help him take that leap and ultimately the Giants can overtake these two teams? Because even if you improve, like I said, those two teams aren't going anywhere. So that's the only, you know, interesting facet to the conversation that comes into play when we look at the future of this team. Because, yes, you can trust Joe Shane and Dable. They're going to do whatever they can to bring in new weapons. But you're still going to have to beat that team you played last night. And last night, I mean, it didn't even look like you deserved to be on the same field as them. Well, your phone call is coming up, 800-919-3776. When we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. A three-game losing skid, a skid that started with an overtime loss to the Toronto Raptors. 
So it should be a fun one tonight. Make sure you tune in to that. But until then, it is you and I, and we're hitting up the phone lines at 800-919-3776 and on Twitter at Ty D. Butler reacting to what happened last night between the Giants and the Eagles. And uh, before we get back there, I just came across a video on my Twitter timeline. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is in Buffalo at the game, so that is exciting. What a moment to see you know, him be able to be in attendance as his team plays the biggest game of its season uh, at home against the Bengals with a chance to get to the AFC Championship game. And we all remember how it felt watching him laid out on the field. We didn't know what was going on, but we know uh, we knew in that in real time that it did not look like you know something that was a pretty sight at all. And you know thoughts and prayers, and we were all had anxiety, just anticipating what was going to happen. But he has pulled through. And he's still like on medication and you know on oxygen per reports, but to see him today at this game, man, that is such a a, a heartwarming moment. So, shout out to Demar Hamlin. Uh, continued speedy recovery. Looks like his family's in attendance there. So that that's just a beautiful scene. That that is a beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. Welcome home to Demar Hamlin, says the Buffalo Bills Twitter account. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. Terry's in Princeton. An Eagles fan wants to chime in. What's up, Terry? Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. i just like to say, man, to the Giants fans, you should thank us because we gave you the reality check you needed to know. <laughs> like, yo, the defensive line against your offensive line, much better. Offensive line against your defensive line. Much better. Receivers against your corners, better. Our corners against your receivers, better. How did you think you were going to win? We lined up 14 times with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback and won 13. And the one game we lost was a fluke. And in the playoffs, flukes pretty much almost never happened. So I said the Giants would win. I mean, would lose by 10. I was, I, you know, honestly, I was surprised the game was over that early, but it wasn't a surprise at all. It was kind of like when Kimbo Slice went to the UFC. He just stepped <laughs> up in competition, and you saw, this, no, this, this, this ain't what you really wanted. <laughs> Listen, we all allow Eagles fans, and I appreciate the call, Terry. If you're an Eagles fan and you want to come, come on and you know, say your piece about what happened because you felt disrespected coming into the game, there were folks picking you to lose, you were being called a fraudulent one seed because your quarterback might be limited, and, you know, Giants fans were getting a lot of love, especially on this station. And, you know, we're in New York, so we got a, a huge giant audience. And you should be confident in your team. But if you're an Eagles fan and you want to say your piece about what happened, all power to you. All power to you. Because after a 38-7, to 7, you know, routing, you get, you get the opportunity and the platform to say your piece. So if you're an Eagles fan, hit us up, 800-919-3776. Todd is in Fort Lee and wants to talk. What's up, Todd? All right. Uh, I think the two words that come to mind are managed expectations. Okay, that's it. Look, we won four games last year, okay? Four. If you told me before this year was starting we were going to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game, you take that in a heartbeat. You know, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. I thought we got the right coach. What's going to happen with Daniel Jones? We'll see. He's going to improve him. But you can look at what happened yesterday when Mahomes went down for a little while, and all of a sudden the whole world can change. So as good as Jalen Hurts is, one play could change the whole thing right there. Plus, you know, I mean, Dayball has made Jones better. 
But I seem to remember uh, 18-0, or 19-0 Patri- 18-0 Patriots team coming in, and our front four of the Giants ran roughshod, and Tom Brady couldn't hold up under that kind of rush. So I don't blame Daniel Jones for yesterday. No, I don't think you should, I think- I, I, and, I, and I said that. Like, it, like to, to paint the picture accurately, look, it was the worst game he's played all season. He had one turnover. It could have been two or three. And he just didn't look comfortable all game. And like I said, the number was 64% of his dropbacks. He was pressured on. So he just didn't look comfortable at all. And all season long, when he had that type of situation, he was able to escape. And last night, Philly just didn't allow him to. So I think it's more a product of what the defense and, you know, what the scheme was for the Eagles as opposed to Daniel Jones not rising to the occasion. So I don't want this to be a an indictment of Daniel Jones. Like, how how could you ever consider paying a $40 million? I'm just saying that when you look at what this division is and that team that you're going to have to play two times a year and maybe a third time, as you did yesterday, uh, how close are you to them? Not very close. Last night, they you, they blew the doors off of you. So it's not just about the upgrades you're making on your end with receivers, but can Daniel Jones get you to a level where he can go into a game like that and outduel a Jalen Hurts? The Cowboys, whether or not they win or lose this game, they're be- they're a better team than you. They swept you this year. You won one division game, and that was against the Commanders, and it was a great win because it was a game that you needed to help you get into the playoffs. And you know it was a Sunday night affair, so the world was wide. It, it was a terrific win, but is one. Four and one in your division going to be good enough going forward? Of course it's not. So I think today, like as that Eagles fan pointed out, that was like, you know, it it was a slap in the face, but it's also reeling you back into, okay, here's what we are and here's what we aren't. Because all week we heard what you were was a team that can be competitive against the Eagles and might win the game. And last night we showed that to not be true. Uh, Spike in St. Pete wants to talk. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, it's a pleasant surprise and makes my Sunday afternoon to hear my friend on the radio. So that, that's a uh, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I want to comment on the giant game uh, very quickly, but I, I'm an analogy guy. And the you and I basketball fans, first and foremost, now I'll get to the Giants in a minute. I'm, I'm very big on history repeating analogies. I was telling my wife, I can't believe this is almost 25 years ago. The 99 Knicks played the Pacers. I think it went five, and they think they went through the Heat, Hawks, and Pacers. Uh, yeah, the uh, at Spurs, I mean, the Heat, Hawks, and Pacers. That's immaterial. What, what I said, that was a 50-game season, and I went to every game, of course, and, and I talked to my buddy who I went to the games with, and no matter how good it looked, I said, like the East, going back to basketball again, this year, you know, top five don't look they could be breached. And this is what I said with the Giants and showed in Vegas all the heavy hitters dumped on the Eagles. The Eagles were a better team. I'm a Giant fan. I'm a Giant fan. And the Eagles were the better team in almost every category. If you want to break it down analytically that the you youngsters do, that's fine. The I test tells you that too the quarterback uh, uh, reticence to come back earlier he's look they're a better team now that t- takes nothing away as you aptly said about daniel jones they overachieved 
Uh, they got some guys back. The last four weeks, they had more than 30 days, the Eagles. All that being said, you put it in a blender tie, anybody who knows football and takes the passion out of it, the Eagles were a prohibitive choice to win the game. Were they to win the game in that fashion? Probably not. But if it would have been uh, 31-10, pretty much the same thing. Takes nothing away from the Giants. They overachieved. Uh, the Eagles right now to me, and my eye's not as keen as it is in hoops, but it looks to me San Francisco, we know the story there. Uh, I'm not uh, Dallas, maybe. I doubt it. They're on the road a lot, and, and we all know Cincinnati is uh, is very, very difficult. And never Never undersell Buffalo, especially, and and you. Uh, I'll leave you with this. You opened with the proper thing to say about Mr. Hamlin. Uh, that's three weeks ago, Monday, and it seems like a year ago. And thoughts and prayers of everybody pulled that young man through. I'm a firm believer of that, as I know you are. And I think it's a rude awakening, and I, I just hope and pray that uh, science and, and equipment, and I know that has nothing to do with that. That was a fluke, but it's a dangerous game. So I'm going to tell you now that the Eagles, the Cowboys, and San Francisco will play, obviously, either Buffalo or Cincinnati. But my analogy comes back to sometimes in life you run into obstacles, whether it's business, whether I'm not being a philosopher, I'm just being frank here. You get your opportunity. The Giants had about a 3% chance by every metric and analytic to, to win that game yesterday. You know, the fans get crazy. I understand. I'm a Giants fan. Well, look, if they would have taken the ball and gone down the field the first time and then Philadelphia uh, would have missed and the Giants would have gone out 14-0, everything's different, you know? Yeah. But it was it was, it was was a, true, a see, truism. That's it. That's the thing, and I appreciate the call, Spike. It, you weren't a couple of plays away from winning that game. Like you got embarrassed. You got the floor. What? Like it would be different, and maybe it's more heartbreaking to lose. Let's say you know twenty one, twenty one twenty, on a game winning field goal. It's more heartbreaking, I guess, from an emotional standpoint. You'd rather the 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 game be decided the way that it was yesterday because you can completely use the rest of what's left of the game after the first quarter when you knew you were drawing dead. And you can start to go into that mode where it's like, all right, let's be optimistic. Here's what we have. Here's what we need. You can get there quicker than you would had the game ended on a game-winning field goal from Jake Elliott as time is expiring. But I think the difference is if we remove that emotional aspect, that the question becomes how good are you against the, the best teams in your division? And this year, you went 0-5 against the Cowboys and Eagles. So on top of bringing back your quarterback and your running back, there, there, is, there is massive upgrade needed to be made to get to the level where you're being competitive against these teams four times during a regular season with hopes of playing them and meeting them at some point in the playoffs because they're not going anywhere. So that's my point. You're conflicted because on one side, you're as optimistic as you've been in, in six years, because this was not supposed to happen, and you exceeded expectations, and you feel like, again, you have the guys in place needed to make the necessary decisions that's going to get this team to the next level. But then last day, you got smacked in the face with a rude awakening that is, man, we are nowhere near close to being as good as that Philadelphia team. 
More of your phone calls coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.